What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Growing Up Not Growing Old Podcast. My name is Mike Russo. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Gungo Podcast. Um, last week, I forgot to do some shouts. Let me do some quick ones right now. My man Stan and Shane from Big Papa Podcast. The whole crew at Attention Deficit Order, Pot of the Damn, Shane Gray Live, Geek Did Podcast, fucking Green Up, the whole crew. Um... In with that crew right now is a, a new podcast I found called the Necromaniacs Podcast. And right now, Michael Scandato from that podcast is with me. What's up, Mike? What's going on, man? How you doing? All right, check this out. You told me you were uh, uh, you had a podcast, so I subscribed. Uh-huh. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Okay, I go into new podcasts very, like, like gun shy because a lot of them stink. Yeah, yeah. And I was very happy that you have a really good show, man. I got to tell you. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Um, I only listened to the Christmas episode and half of the Halloween episode. Actually, I only listened to half of the Christmas one because I didn't see Goodnight Mommy yet. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I... we, uh, we, we spoiled it because, I mean, we, we give advance notice if we're going to spoil a movie. So mm. Yeah, so I skipped the Goodnight Mommy just in case. So turn yeah. out that was a good idea. <laughs> And I'm currently listening to the uh, the Green Inferno episode, which was around the ho- uh, Halloween time, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We had uh, Rich from Dark Side uh, doing a little side commentary with us, so that Some was funny cool. shit he said too. Yeah, no, he's great. See, he he's not like I mean, he's into horror, but he's not into it the way me and. Mike, who I do the podcast with, are into it. So it was just kind of funny to have his perspective on it. Like uh, the podcast is done with me and my friend Mike Hill, who's in a great uh, metal band called Tombs, who are on uh, Relapse Records. And uh, next month is actually our our two year anniversary of the podcast. Nice. So we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a good show for February in a couple of weeks. And I especially like that. Um, oh, well, you know, I'm not gonna. You know, it's not good to judge a podcast on one episode, but I'm gonna. <laughs> it really seems like you guys know what the fuck it is you're talking about. I was very surprised. <laughs> yeah, because you guys said Giallo. And I was yeah. like, wow, they know what that is. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I've been watching those movies for, I don't know, 15 years. So mm. I am I'm, I'm really into that kind of stuff. And uh, Mike is as well. Like, we both really like the Italian stuff. So... Um, Giallo movies are, are some of my favorites and of course, like, you know, the supernatural ones like Suspiria and Inferno and, you know, j- just the Italian movies in general, like Mario yeah. Bava movies, Lucio Fulci's movies, yep. all that stuff is kind of what we really are into. So can you do a quick, um, can you just explain to the listeners what a Giallo is like real quick? Well, a Giallo is, it's interesting. Uh, the word itself uh, means yellow in Italian. And uh, years ago in Italy, um, in the 60s and 70s, the, the thriller novels uh, were all um, marked by these yellow covers, like these kind of really, you know, like you knew you were going to get a thriller if the cover was this really kind of bright yellow. Kind of like how, you know, with women, you know it's a romance novel when it has one of those crazy little paintings on it or whatever. Yeah. So all the, all the Italian thriller books... Um, had those kind of weird kind of covers. And um, by like around 
I don't know, the mid to late 60s, uh, these movies kind of were made with the spirit of those novels. And uh, Mario Bava and Dario Argento were among, among the first uh, to make those kinds of films. And basically, a lot of them have, have similarities. Some of the similarities include basically really not knowing who the killer is till the very end of the film. Like a bit of a mystery. Killer is wearing black gloves. Uh, another kind of trait uh, to me uh, of a giallo is well. There's usually a lot of very beautiful women in the movie. Um, there's a lot of uh, murders of women and men, of course, too. But yeah. uh, a lot of the the murder set pieces are pretty. You know, they can go from being kind of elaborate to just kind of being very just abrupt and in your face. Um, I think music plays a bit of a role in giallo. Sometimes it's very kind of like, I don't know, some of it has kind of Italian disco. Some of it can have like this kind of aggressive kind of 70s kind of sounding music. Yeah. All these little characteristics that kind of make it up. But, I mean, I, I'm not an expert expert, but but I know quite a bit. And um, that's just a certain style to it. A lot of people call, mistakenly call, any Italian horror movie, a giallo film, but that's not true at all. Uh, they have to kind of be under the, the, the thriller blanket to yeah. be considered a giallo. Like Suspiria is not a giallo at all. It's a supernatural horror movie. It's a regular yeah. horror movie. So, you know, a lot of people make that mistake. It bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see why it would because you can't, you know, just put every fucking thing under that label if it's from Italy. That's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, there's actually, there's, there's great books out, you know, that have been out for a while about giallos. You know, you can read up on them. And there's a book now that I'm going to give a plug to a, a friend of mine on Facebook. He's a he's an author too. His name is uh, Troy Howarth, and he's written two very nice large books about giallo films called "So Deadly, So Perverse: Fifty Years of Italian Giallo Films." Uh, Volume one covers 1963 to 1973, and then volume two is uh, 1974 to the present. And uh, yeah, they're they're amazing books. You should uh, check them out if you're, you know, getting into this kind of stuff. Yeah, everyone, uh, definitely check those out. Um, thanks for that description, by the way, because that helped me out. By the way, I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I wasn't sure either. I got. I'm gonna give a, a tiny bit more. Um, in uh, in one of the books, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, this uh, they give a little bit of, of this of a blanket term, not a blanket term, a blanket description. It says, "A giallo is not a detective story. It's not a thriller, not a suspense movie, and not a horror film. But it can be any one of these things, and also all of these things rolled into one." Nice. That's, <laughs> that's the most. Um, that's the most accurate uh, description. It's not any single one of those. But it's more like all of those <laughs> rolled into <Yeah>. one. <laughs> now, why wouldn't you want to get into something like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, so here's the thing. I think some people, um, they'll see their first one, and I think either they really like it or they don't. Um, one of the first ones I ever saw was uh, Tenebrae, um, which had a short theatrical run, actually, in the early 80s under a name called Unsane. And you were able to rent Unsane in the video store back in the day. And, you know, of course it was edited and it was, you know, it looked like shit, but it was Dario Argento's Unsane. 
the, the real name for it in Europe and in Italy was uh, Tenebrae. Such a better name, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. And by um, by the late 90s, I got to see the real Tenebrae because uh, Anchor Bay, the uh, the great home video company, started putting out pretty much all of you know Argento's work on VHS and then later on DVD. And then when I finally saw the real deal, I was like, oh, wow, this is such like 20 times more of a better movie. You know, oh, That must have been awesome, too, man, just to see the real deal. And now um, it's funny. Um, it's getting a really nice deluxe uh, treatment from a company called Synapse Films in February. It's getting like a Steelbook DVD, uh, Blu-ray, CD, like triple triple pack coming at the end of February, Tenebrae. So uh, you should definitely check that out. And then probably the next one I think I saw was uh, Deep Red, which is um, the fourth uh, film from well, fourth or fifth film from Dario Argento, and that's actually one of his like biggest films. Actually, Deep Red is that the one where the um, shit? I think the girl loses an arm and there's blood sprays all over the white walls. That's Tenebrae. That's uh, oh, that's, that's Tenebrae. Okay, one of the biggest uh, murder scenes in Tenebrae. Actually, it's a really cool scene. Um, Deep Red is really interesting it's it's got it's got this amazing soundtrack from goblin and goblin is this uh, progressive rock group that dario argento used in a good chunk of his his early films and uh they actually tour now and uh probably bigger than ever now actually due to this popularity of argento's movies um and the popularity of the record collectors. Yeah, exactly. Goblin is, is a big... I've got to see Goblin uh, two years ago. They played in Manhattan. And it's funny. There's actually two, two almost uh, sometimes three versions of the band because different guys from different eras of the band go out and tour under the name. It's kind of weird. But mm. um, <laughs> uh, Deep Red is one of my favorites. It's uh, from 1975. It's uh, definitely a must-see uh, Giallo film. I got to jump on um, Argento's stuff because that's the one director who I haven't seen any of his stuff. I've heard his name for years. I mean, for for most of for most of my childhood, I thought Demons was an Argento movie, and it's not. Um, there's this new app I got on my Apple TV called uh, Shutter. You ever hear of it? Yes, I have heard of it. They have Deep Red, Tenebrae, uh, I think Inferno's on there, Suspiria's on there. They got all that shit. So I'm probably going to be jumping on his shit soon. Um, Yeah, the cool thing, I mean, Demons is, you know, it's an Italian horror movie. It's not a JAL film. It's a great Italian horror movie that Dario Argento produced. And his buddy, uh, Lamberto Bava, who's Mario Bava's son, directed. And uh, it's a really cool movie. Um, there's some, uh, goblin music in that movie as well, but that movie is also known for having <laughs> yeah. soundtrack. Motley Crue and it's got some cool bands on that soundtrack. I think Billy Idol's on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild soundtrack. Yeah. I got that on Blu-ray. That was one of, that's a movie from my childhood. I had to get. And, uh, yeah, the company Synapse, uh, did a very nice Blu-ray of that too, actually. Now, after listening, um, to your podcast there's a million million things i want to talk to you about um i know we have limited time tonight but uh yeah. i wanted to say um okay check this out um i do a podcast a horror podcast around halloween season uh called the fright cast so what we do is we watch one or two movies a week and then we review them we talk about them whatever there was four movies we did last year that i've never seen in my life mm -hmm. that i'm borderline obsessed with 
Now, since you're such a horror guy, you are going to be ashamed that I've never seen these movies until I'm 38. Okay. Are uh, you ready? You get you yeah. sitting down. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Maniac was one of them. Uh, it's a great New York horror movie. That, that you got to see that movie. First time I've seen it was this year. I, I, okay. I was embarrassed to admit it, and it's I fucking pretty insane, isn't it? It's I love that movie. Out of control movie. I fucking love Joe Spinell. He's fucking yeah. so awesome. Oh yeah, I talk about him all the time on Facebook. It's kind of funny. Oh, he's great. He's so fucking yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> everything about that movie, I, I, I love. Creepy as hell. Disturbing movie. Oh yeah. Um, of course, the shotgun in the car scene. Yeah, no, just the whole vibe, the music, everything about that movie is really like. I mean, I, some people cannot hang with that movie at all, and I, I understand it. Fucking stalking that girl through the subway <laughs> in the bathroom was great. It's yeah, it's out of control. Another movie, uh, not so much a horror movie. Um, the New York Ripper. That is actually in it's it's in the Giallo umbrella. It is it is it is a Giallo film. A bit I aggressive though. I don't really like that movie, but some people like it a lot. It's not one of my favorite Fulci movies. It's eh, it's all right. It's that movie. It's, it's the, very fucked up as well. Very that fun. movie, I love that movie too, because it's not just when the killer. First of all, he talks in duck voice, which is so it, weird. It's bizarre. It's a very bizarre movie. And then when he kills people, you like you see the girl's stomach open up. He kills a girl with a bottle in the pussy. He, you know, it's just weird. It's just so strange. I mean, everyone in that movie is is bad. It's very yeah. It's again, it's a not for everybody movie. <laughs> and um, did you ever see Stage Fright? That is actually a pretty good movie. Um, the guy who directed that also went on to direct a really great '90s horror movie, which in America is called Cemetery Man, but to other people it's called De La Morte, De La Morte. Oh, I know that one. I never seen yeah, it, but I know it. Say, Michael Suave. He he, uh, he directed that. Yeah. Stage Fright was another one that I just loved and never seen before. And the fourth one that I'm borderline obsessed with, only because I watched it on YouTube and it was a weird copy. Have you ever seen a movie called Flesh for Frankenstein? I know the name. I've never seen the movie. I know the name. Oh, it's fucking weird, man. It's so out there. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I think um, as time has gone on, people are, are, you know, might be a little bored or a little burnt out by some of the American stuff, which is, I think, why people look into the Italian stuff. And then I myself, when I get bored and burnt out on horror in general, I, I gravitate to like universal monster movies or westerns or weird, just weird 70s bizarre movies that aren't even horror movies. Like, you know, I just go yeah, through yeah. My, my little moments, you know. It's almost like some if someone's watching porno and they're like going on to like gangbangs and fucking all sorts <laughs> of weird shit. And after a while, you're like... I just go back to basic sex. Yeah, honestly, it's funny you talk about pornos. I've actually come to the point where there's certain 70s and 80s porno movies that I've found that are actually good, like they're movies. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Some of them are actually borderline. They might have like a horror bent or a thriller bent or like a psychological bent. Um, you'd be surprised what's, what, what is actually out there in the realm of of porn movies shot on film from the 70s to the early 80s. Yeah, because they were actually artists. They were trying to create something. These movies were, you know, they were shown in theaters and they were, 
they were taken a little bit more seriously. I mean, ultimately, it was, you know, porn for people to get off to, but yeah. they were shot on film like a movie. So, and, and you know, there, were, there was a bit of a budget, and there was a, a makeup person, and there was a, you know what I'm saying? There was yeah. a script. So, things were different back then. Yeah, but I know every, every so often, you kind of kind of like reset. Uh, you go so far, then you go back to basics, then you, you discover new shit, or you you kind of dabble in this and dabble in that. But like, what, like what, 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 what's a newer flick that uh, that you may uh, like? I seen the Green Inferno. I didn't see the editor. I want to check that out. What's a newer flick you could recommend? Here's the thing, like, there's nothing out there, is there? <laughs> no, there's nothing out there. I, I I have not done my 2016 dive yet to be completely honest and, and i'm going too soon i mean like i think we're going to talk about the henry rollins movie which i'm going to watch this week on the next necromaniacs um the, the henry rollins horror movie which he never died movie. he never died and and it's funny we're actually we're actually maybe talking about uh an adult film which is new to blu-ray called corruption um, which is put out by this really cool company, Vinegar Syndrome. And the reason we're going to talk about it is because it's directed by a guy who made one of our favorite horror movies, me and Mike collectively, Last House on Dead End Street, a guy named Roger Watkins. So that's one of the reasons why we're going to talk about the movie Corruption. Uh, normally, we wouldn't even talk about a porno movie, really, but this one happens to be a really good one from the early 80s, directed by a guy who did horror at one point, uh, he, he actually died uh, a couple of years ago, Roger Watkins, but mm. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, a movie I could recommend that you seek out is called Last House on Dead End Street. Is um is one of the guys from Last House on the Left in there? No, no one from Last House on the Left is in it. It's a really strange movie shot in upstate New York um, that was only given the name Last House on Dead End Street basically because probably of a, a projectionist in Manhattan gave it that name or someone who wanted to sell tickets at a movie theater wanted to give it that name. It was shot under the name The Cuckoo Clocks of Hell. Wow, I like that. Yeah, years ago, oddly enough, like people would make movies and they would have a name, right? And if they wanted that movie to sell overseas, if they wanted that movie to sell shit, maybe even in California, and the guy who got a hold of the movie didn't like the name, they would fucking change the name of the movie. It was a very weird time back in the day. Yeah. Especially the Europe to U.S. vice versa name change thing that went on. But even in America, it happened too. Certain movies, these independent films, whatever was cool at the time, Last House on the Left was cool. What about Last House on Dead End Street? Cuckoo Clocks of Hell yeah. is a stupid name. Yeah, fuck that name. Let's give it a new name. <laughs> this is what was going on. I know. It's... So, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it kind of has absolutely nothing to do with Last House on the Left. But... um. There was another movie. The movie that a lot of horror people are kind of learning about over the years. There's another Last House movie with the same guy from Last House on the Left in it. Yeah, there's House on the Edge of the Park. Which that's is the one. I think that's movie. the one. Yeah, great. Uh, that's a must-see. That's a must-see Italian movie. Some of that was shot in New York, too. The exteriors were shot in New York, and the interiors are shot in Italy. A lot of movies in the uh, 70s and 80s were like that. They wanted that New York vibe. So they would literally come to New York and shoot illegally some outside scenes and then pretty much, you know, finish the movie in Italy. Pretty funny. Yeah, but I like that look. Like you can almost yeah. feel that they're doing – you can almost feel that it's shot 
gorilla style almost. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm a little all over the place, but there's a bunch of movies that were made in, in the 70s until about 1980 or so, the European crime films. And a lot of those, uh, although they started out in Italy, what they wanted to do is they wanted to get some of that New York street vibe. So again, they came here, they flew here, they, they shot 100% without permits. Sometimes they even shot chase scenes or car chases. Sick, yeah. Yeah, in New York, just to get it in New York. It was kind of cool. All right, um, there's so much shit. We got to get you back on for like a full yeah, man. show. I, 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 unfortunately, my, my, I, my time is limited. I kind of fucked up tonight, but you know something came up. That's all right, though, because this show would kind of just be your introduction to my audience. So next time we have you on, we can kind of, like, skip the introductions and just dive right in. Because I want to talk to you about records, about franchises, about remakes, the whole shit. Hey, man. Well, you know, there's, like I said, there's there's great companies out there that put out the Italian stuff. Uh, You know, Synapse and Anchor Bay and... You know, I mean, I'm so glad that people are able to see this shit. You know, I mean, it, it, the Italians made some of the best movies ever, literally from, I would say, 19, you know, 1965 to about 1985. The Italians made amazing movies from fucking horror movies to westerns, giallo films, fucking crime movies. I mean, you name it, you know, so. Yeah, Gates of Hell is one of my favorite movies ever. I love that movie. Yeah, that's probably one of the best, one of the best, like, Italian horror movies, absolutely. It still totally. has that creepy atmosphere too. Yeah, they like really fucked up music in their horror movies. Oh, you know, if you're so really good. paying attention. The music alone, like in the Beyond, Beyond is one of, is, is another one of my favorites. The minute that music starts, it's like you you're, you're in hell. It's like I feel like this is what you're gonna hear when you're in hell. Does the, he the use music the same guy? The Beyond. Uh, actually, the guy who did the Beyond uh, is not Goblin. Um, it, it's a it's hold on a second. <laughs> It's um, oh, his name is escaping me, and it's weird because he actually did some. He actually played Philly this year. Uh, does but, he, uh, does Fulci use the same guy though, or no? Well, Fulci oh. Fulci died a long time ago. Um, he he did not use Goblin. No, Goblin was exclusive to Argento. Um, the, what do you call it? Um, Fulci would use different people. I mean, you know, all this stuff is out there. You could look it up. But I unfortunately have to uh, drop out right now because uh, my friend is picking me up. But Fabio Fritzi did the music to the Beyond, and he's fucking amazing. Oh, right. yep. And um, of course, uh, Riz Ortolani did the music to like Cannibal Holocaust. There's certain Italian composers like that just were fucking brilliant, man. What can I say? All right, let's get into that next time, real quick. You want to plug any uh, Inhuman shows or anything? Yeah, February 27th, the big benefit show at Lucky 13 with uh, Inhuman, Murphy's Law, Enrage, uh, your brother's band, of course, Breed Apart, and a whole host of other bands. And then Inhuman's going to Massachusetts in April, April 23rd. And, uh, of course, I want to give a shout-out to my other band, The Last Stand. Uh, You can check both of those bands out on Facebook, Inhuman and The Last Stand. And, of course, check out Necromaniacs podcast. Michael, thank you so much for having me on, and I will come back when you when you invite me. I will come back. All right, man, we're looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. All right, buddy, have a great night. Later. Thanks for checking out the Growing Up Not Growing Old podcast. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Gungo Podcast. That's G U N G O Podcast, and listen to past episodes at. 
gungo.podbean.com.